I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. What Drives You is brought to you by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping life and leadership coaches. Visit Ziggler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. Yeah. Welcome, Driven Community, and thanks for joining this conversation. We all want to live a driven, inspired, and peaceful life, and together we're learning to drive further and enjoy the ride. This is what drives you. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. We're wrapping up the series on happierness, which featured Atlantic columnist and Harvard professor Arthur Brooks and his co-author, Oprah Winfrey. Their new book is Build the Life You Want, The Art and Science of Getting Happier. So in the last episode, I also talked with my brother, Jared Angaza, and we discussed further aspects of this grand cultural pursuit of happiness and what is at the root of it. So this is my wrap up. We call it the big idea, the big takeaway, and the big action episode where I distill it all down. And I found six primary issues around happiness that really stood out from these conversations. So let's walk through them together. All right, friends. So six notes, again, that stood out to me from these conversations on happiness. Number one, happy, being happy, happiness. It's an emotion. It's an emotion. It's a feeling just like all of a sudden you're angry or you're sad or you're disappointed or you feel you know depressed in the moment, whatever it is. Arthur talks about these emotions. They are signals. So it's signal. Hey, I feel this. And it's something you can recognize and then adjust to, or just be aware of, or enjoy depending on what it is. And this aspect of happiness is usually what we're saying to a dopamine hit of, oh my gosh, here's my favorite coffee. I take a sip and a ah, little, little dopamine hit, little happiness, or it is the social media meme that we're looking at. Now that's funny. And that's a little dopamine hit. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of dissing social media or whatever it is that gives you that happy feeling. But the issue here is that it is a momentary feeling and we treat it culturally, even amongst a lot of self-help books and, and personal development books. We treat it like it's a state of mind that we're trying to get to all the time. And that's a lot of what we talked about with Arthur and that our, uh, Oprah Winfrey discussed as well 
in her in her uh, additions to the book, and it was how we look at it as a state of mind, and it is impossible. Just like it's impossible, and it's not even desirable, really. That's the odd thing. I mean, nobody wants to. Hey, I feel angry right now, and I want to seek to have anger as a state of mind all the time. Well, of course, we would say no. That's negative. Now, on the positive side, though, we look at happiness. It's a feeling, and it's impossible to be happy all the time. And in the book, Arthur talks about if you go back into the ages where we literally were in survival mode, trying to save ourselves from a predator or an enemy or whatnot, we don't need to be happy. We need to be on alert. We need to be fearful, uh, possibly, or at least diligent and whatnot. We don't want to be happy all the time. And the effort is keeping us from really being happy when we're trying to get that dopamine hit all the time. Arthur talked about happiness. It's a direction. I want to go toward things and pursue things that will give me many opportunities for happiness, but it's not a destination. And we should all relate to this when we look at things that we did pursue for happiness. Did they provide happiness? Hopefully they did. Did that mean we were happy for the rest of our lives? No. If you look at that, what one thing would do that? Is there anything? I mean, honestly, it, it, it sounds facetious, but it's for real. If I put a billion dollars in your bank account tomorrow, would that make you happy? Would that cause you to feel happy? I think we would all say, me included, yes. Does that guarantee you will be happy for the rest of your life? No. If your kid dies the next day, you will all of a sudden not be happy. So it's not, again, we can't make it happen. Now, as opposed to, well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but we need to look at that. We've got this grand cultural pursuit for happiness. I want to be happy, 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 happy. And it's impossible. We're trying to set our up, ourselves up for opportunities to be happy, but to realize that is a temporary feeling, not something that we even want to have all the time. Okay, I'll clarify that in here in just a second. Number two, and it's really just a continuation, but go with me. Trying to maintain constant happiness will ultimately make you unhappy. I mean, you've done that. Is there anything, I remember when I was a kid, there was a book, something to the effect of Christmas every day. Maybe it was a show or something, but Christmas every day. And what they were showcasing is that, oh my gosh, nobody wants Christmas every day. It, it totally dilutes it. It's not fun anymore and it gets to be drudgery. So constant happiness. And yet that's where we're at now, where we're often living lives that aren't fulfilling. And so to offset that, to medicate that, we're pursuing happiness and it's like a drug. And I will pick on social media. It's why we have the stats of as people are going along and the day does not have the deeper things, which we'll hit on just a second, like joy and peace or whatever. We're so prone to pick up this device that we all have in our pocket and look for something to make us happy. Look at our stock accounts, look at our bank accounts, look at uh, something funny, look at something interesting, even like a hobby or something, but just something to feed it. And it's voyeuristically uh, to do that. If we view happiness as a state of mind we're trying to achieve, we will get addicted to the little things of trying to do that. Again, those dopamine hits like entertainment. We got into talking about that in episode 1304. It was part three of the series with my brother. And he talked about entertainment and man, I, I always want to caveat that. Like I did in that show, the entertainment, man, we love it. I love entertainment. 
but I don't want to be entertained all the time. I do not want to sit in a, in a movie that goes for 24 hours. I don't care how good it is. Uh, I don't want to eat my favorite meal for every meal. Uh, so entertainment, but we've got, gotten addicted to that and it feels like people are more interested in more excited about the next series that they're interested in the next episode, the next, whatever it's everything because they have lost happiness or joy in their life in between those moments where they can tune into this thing. That's happiness and it's medications. Ultimately is what we're talking about, uh, whether it's entertainment or, you know, food or alcohol or drugs or sex or, or porn, I would say more so or shopping or whatever it is. And I see people doing that, that the most exciting thing is ordering something. It doesn't even really matter what it is. It's the dopamine hit they get when they go to the mailbox or go to the front doorstep now, or you get that knock on the door from UPS or FedEx or Amazon or wherever you're buying from. Again, none of those are bad. It's just kind of sitting back and going, hmm, how important has that become? How much am I looking forward to that? How disappointed do I feel if I don't get that entertainment, that hit of whatever, that delivery? And we're constantly seeking to find this source of happiness. And we're generally looking at altering our circumstances. We're looking at it for it externally and we just can't sustain it. And we try and we try and we try. And it's almost like there's a burnout of pursuing happiness. Again, this feeling. And, uh, I, you know, I put on the shows, we often say that these are, we have a clean rating in the shows, but they're adult topics. So, uh, Forewarning there, if you're listening to this with your family, I'm about to hit an adult topic. You ready? I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are. And in some places it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier and air doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to try to do that. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital. And Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point. 
but getting them to actually give their payment info is. And Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is a, an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they're hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. But they're adult topics. So uh, forewarning there, if you're listening to this with your family, I'm about to hit an adult topic. You ready? Think of it like sex. Okay. Uh, Anyone who has had it, I believe, hopefully, uh, I I expect that you enjoyed that, but you don't do it constantly. I don't care if you're newlyweds or, or whatnot. You don't do it constantly. What And what makes it good is all the time in between. The minutes, the hours, the days might be weeks. And then sex is really great, but you don't want it all the time. Uh, hopefully, if it's very good, you couldn't handle it all the time, but you enjoy that. Think about that like happiness. Like today, I am going to have some deeper things that give me a deeper feeling that is just wonderful. And amongst that, I do want some happy. I do want that great taste of my coffee or a cheesecake or to watch a really great show that draws me in or read a really good book or whatever it is. It gives you that dopamine hit making the next deal. Um, looking at the next, uh, electronic advance of money from your business that comes into your account, whatever. Those are great. But if that's all we've got, that's all we're relying on, we are headed for trouble. We want to have, back to sex, what you want is a relationship. And with that being a, a great, either you know frosting on the cake or even a mountaintop experience, whatever that is. But in between that, it's built on a relationship. And to expound on that, if anyone has experienced sex outside of a meaningful relationship and having it within a relationship, my experience with myself and with people I've walked with for my lifetime is that it is best within a relationship. Let's think about that, a relationship. What we're looking at here, what we're seeking ultimately is a, well, go back to what I said, number one, Arthur Brooks statement of happiness is a direction, not a destination. Happiness is not a destination. It's a direction. 
the destinations, the things that we want a relationship with is joy, is peace, is fulfillment. I can have that. If I feel like I am safe, let's say I've got enough money in the bank account that I am safe, that gives me some fulfillment, some security. Even if something else happens bad in a relationship or even in my health and wellness or whatever it may be, I can still have some peace underneath that, that, hey, at least I am safe with my finances, right? Okay, but think about that. Joy, peace, fulfillment. Those are things that we can hold on to no matter what. And if we have those, we're not clambering for happiness. And it's interesting, again, as you, if you've been listening to shows and as we, as of this recording, are still walking with my father in the last days, if not hours at this point of his life, that we are not clambering to, oh my gosh, this is kind of hard and sad and there's some mourning going on. We're not clambering for happiness because there's, there's still joy. There's still peace. There's still fulfillment. There's still security that we have outside of these circumstantial things like the death of a loved one. So to think about that, that the happy is great, but it's going to be little, little points along the road in between that, the drive, we want to enjoy the drive between those destination points, uh, or, or, or again, even, even, uh, back to that happiness, not being really a destination. It's not somewhere we can land and stay. It's, uh, think about it as a, as a billboard along the road in essence, or a rest stop along the journey. Number three, we want ultimately those long standing states of peace, joy, fulfillment. We can sustain those in part three with my brother. He talked about having these emotions back to that. These emotions, these signals, as Arthur Brooks says, and to bring up Brene Brown, which we keep doing anytime we talk about emotions, she has her book, Atlas of the Heart, that showcases 87 emotions. Those are signals. Uh, those are not states of mind that we want to continue in, even if they're positive. It's impossible to do that. Uh, and he talks about those are okay. They're emotions. Recognize them. Don't let them own you. The positive or the negative, they're emotions. They're not states of mind. They're not pillars of, of who we are. Uh, they allow having peace and joy and fulfillment allows for more moments of happiness, which is why we call the series here happierness. And Arthur talks about, again, back to that aspect of happiness as a direction, not a destination that we are looking for those moments of happiness but it's not somewhere where we are going to stop and stay and live and reside. And we don't want to let those emotions own us. I do, however, want to be owned, if we use that term, by peace, by joy, by fulfillment. There's other words you can put in there. Security, uh, uh, safety, those are, those are issues that we can feel regardless. I can feel secure regardless of where my relationships are, regardless of where my finances are, regardless of, where, of, of, of even where my health and wellness is. Right now, my dad in his hospice bed on the other side of the wall here feels security and safety, even as his body is giving out. That's the goal here. 
Number four is something we brought up in episode three, I believe. You have a happiness set point. I have a happiness set point. Let's get real with that. It's really beneficial as we go out and look for these opportunities for happiness to realize what's our happiness set point. Where are we starting? Think of it like a basketball player to use that. And if the net is at whatever level the net is at, what is that? Seven feet, eight feet, 10 feet. I have no idea. Wherever it is. Well, if you're seven feet tall, your set point's pretty close. You can reach up and touch that sucker. If you're Muggsy Bowes, I think that was his name. Uh, he's in my, I wrote about him in my book, What Drives You. He was what, like five, two, five, four back in the 1980s or something like that. Man, his set point was a lot lower. He had to jump a lot higher. Didn't mean he couldn't play, and he did. He played in the NBA. Uh, but where's his set point tells you a little bit of where your affirmative action, let's call it, let's use that, is going to need to be. So get this is a time to get real with yourself. No judgment. Uh, is your natural state closer or further away from happiness? Think about it like a spectrum. Uh, happiness over here, and if you want to say the other side, sadness or criticism or whatever it may be. Uh, where is your set point? Are you more prone to being happy and optimistic in general? Do you naturally often have a smile on your face? I know people like this. I really do. I, I've worked closely with people like that and it's totally great and, and sweet and amazing. It uh, doesn't mean that they're happy all the time. Remember, that's impossible, but they're more prone to it. Okay, there, there it is. Well, what is your natural state? Is it maybe more worrisome, more anxious? Is it more stern or is it even more serious? Okay, I appreciate Arthur Brooks. And he says, man, part of the reason he, he pursued happiness is because he realized that was not his natural state. It's not his natural tendency or inclination. It's not mine either. I tend to be more serious. I can be anxious uh, for sure. I've, I've always struggled with that. But even aside from that, I'm just, I tend to be more serious, a little more intense in general. So not wrong, no judgment. It's not a black or white issue. It just, that's what it is. I'm serious. I tend to be slow with my emotions and say, I wouldn't say I would have to work harder for happiness, but I maybe have to be more intentional. And I am, I look forward to it. I look forward and go, man, today I got a lot to do and not all of it's fun. I got to deal with my taxes. I've got to uh, deal with a hard issue with some people I work with. That actually happened yesterday and today. Taxes was yesterday. Today was a, a difficult uh, interaction with some business associates. Those aren't fun. I'm not happy during those times. And, you know, meantime, we're looking in on dad to see if he's still breathing. I'm not happy. And I'm looking forward to happiness. Hey, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? Man, that's something I can count on, or I usually can. You know, let's have something enjoyable there and uh, play a game, laugh together a, a little bit. So I'm thinking about it, but having it out on the table, where is your happiness set point? Again, no right or wrong. Uh, and what do you need to do to help yourself get to a, an opportunity to be happy at a deeper level? And again, I'm going to pull up joyful to, to have some of those, uh, you know, peace, fulfillment. What are some of those things that will help you get to that? But to look at it and say, where are you? You know, it's interesting. I had Monty Moran on the show in the past couple of years. He is the former co-CEO of Chipotle. He has a book called Love is Free, Guac is Extra. 
I believe is the title of that. We talked about that in the show. Neat guy. And I got to spend some time with him. It was actually out at breakfast together. And he said, he just kind of admitted, he said, you know what, with all the success that I've had and I've got, you know, he's got million. I think he's got hundreds of millions in the bank. He says, I got to admit, I wake up a lot of mornings just with this feeling of dread. He said, I don't really know why, but I just know that it is. And so I've got to deal with that. I've got to take action to deal with that. I just recognize that that's a reality of me. Now, obviously he can go to counseling. He can go to therapy. He can try to get to the root issue of that. He can try to eradicate that. And there's a place for that. If you realize that you wake up uh, or you exist in a state of anxiety and worry and negative feelings, well, that's not helping you. It's not all wrong. Some of that's for survival and some of that's to make you aware of things that you need to deal with. Uh, but if that's, you know, really significant, you're far over on the spectrum. There are some things that you might want to address, but ultimately it's looking and going, what is your natural set point? No, right. No wrong. Some of the most amazing people I have known, some of the most influential people in my life are not just happy people. Some of them, they struggle a lot. We would say to use that terminology, they got some demons they're dealing with all the time. That's okay. They produce great things out of that. We sometimes equate that to great art. I don't like to ca- to give that caveat to say, hey, to gr- have great art, you need to be this tortured artist. Uh, that is not my experience either. I know some amazing artists who are very happy people. Uh, but there's some benefits to thinking deeply and thinking critically, to feeling the weight of the world that can produce some great things. So again, it's not a right or wrong. Where is your set point? Where is your set point? And it's good to know so that you can prepare for, manage for your ability to pursue times of happiness in a state of joy, peace, fulfillment. In a state of joy, peace, fulfillment. Number five, one of the things my brother asked in part three was what does give you happiness? Do you know those things? That's a great thing to list out. What, what, what gives you, what gives you happiness? Those are great. I mean, again, we can't stay there all the time and we don't want to make that the sole pursuit of our life, but it's also good to know those things, especially if you're not prone to happiness, the natural state of happiness, like myself, like Arthur Brooks, and you can plan that and know that that's ahead of time. I'm going to have the opportunity to go get a pedicure to go to the spa, uh, to go get a workout, to watch a show, to go to a game, to whatever it is that go dancing, whatever it is that floats your boat on my part two in my series, where I have what drives the person, whoever the guest is. And the last question I ask is about personal interest. And we've heard all kinds of things from, you know, they pamper themselves by going every once in a while, celebrate and go to a movie in the middle of the day. Okay. I could care less to do that. And that's one of the, my people I had on the show that was their, their primary thing or somebody who wanted to dance or somebody who said once a week, I want to do something really out of my, he didn't even say comfort zone. It was Neil Pasricha. Uh, he said it was uh, just something totally new um, that he was not at all maybe uh, accustomed to. Didn't even mean he was uncomfortable, but just something new. You know, whatever, whatever that is, what makes you happy? And then on the other side, what is the, what steals your happiness? What sabotages your happiness? If you look at it and go, man, every day I'm thinking about, as we all are to some degree, we love to be happy. What is it that sabotages it? Man, it's the commute to work. It's the relationship with my spouse. It's a relationship with a kid. It's the finances. 
It is the worry about X. It's often a worry. What is that that gets in the way? And one of the primary things that we continue to talk on, and at some point we're going to do a series here on attachment. Uh, One of the reasons I have not done a series on it is because most of the people that I and some of those close to me, like my brother Jared, that we look to as mentors for attachment are people who are no longer alive. Can't have them on the show, but we'll find, we'll, we'll put it together. But it's looking at attachment. What gets in the way of your happiness is usually things you are attached to that if you do not have, if you cannot achieve, you are not happy. That's the red flag. If you have to have X, that's the red flag. If you have to have your coffee in the morning to have a good day or to be happy, well, that's a red flag. It's nothing against coffee. It just means, but if you're dependent on it, that's what we talk about with addiction. I can't cope. I can't be happy unless I have X, whatever that drug. And again, I think most everyone is, I don't want to banty, I don't want to banter around with the word addiction flippantly at all. I do, I am concerned that we are all increasingly in our culture, especially in our Western culture, we have a level of addiction to something, even if it's something that's culturally acceptable, like social media, like entertainment, like food, that's food. If you are taking crystal meth or cocaine or alcohol uh, to excess, obviously that can alter your state of mind and make you a danger. So it is different. But over here on the side, if you have an addiction to sugar or uh, food items, greasy food or whatever, things that are a danger to yourself, may not be to other people, but danger yourself, you're okay. I find few people these days who don't have some significant column vices, if you will, if not addictions, uh, that they are making priority in their life. Me too. I struggle with that as well. And I have to look at that and go, am I attached to it? Am I okay without it? So what gets, what gives you happiness, what gets in the way of your happiness. And uh, a lot of times you're going to find things on both sides that you're attached to, even the things that give you happiness to look at those and go, man, that's a good thing. Are you attached to it? Can you be happy without it? Last number six. We do, going back to Arthur Brooks' statement of happiness is a direction, not a destination. And I'll tack on to that, the tagline that we use for this show, What Drives You, for my book, What Drives You, is that we want to help you drive further. And they don't like me to say it, but sometimes I admittedly myself, I want to drive faster as well. I want to do that. But the most important thing is I want to enjoy the ride. So today, so my point here is we do find great value and purpose in progress, in going toward great destinations and achievements that are meaningful to us, goals, if you will. Uh, I'm not discounting those at all. That's generally what inspires me. I get out of bed in the morning and I'm thinking about something I want to make progress in, a relationship, a project, a hobby my vocation, my impact on the world, whatever it may be. And I have some destinations that I want to do. It could be another book. It could be uh, X number of podcast downloads or an opportunity to, for me to you know, host a TV show or whatever. I can put those achievements out there and they're great. And they give me inspiration in my day. They give me a purpose to go forth. My kids, my family gives me a purpose to go forward with. But is my happiness and even further my joy my peace my fulfillment 
is it dependent upon those things? I may not achieve in essence, those things, especially if you look at the goals that you want to go forward, I may not achieve those. Uh, so they're great, but can I make sure that at the end of today I had fulfillment, I had joy, I had peace. I had some happiness as well. Today was a good day. Today was a good day. If I find myself like my father with a sudden end of life diagnosis, am I filled with holy smokes, the things I haven't taken care of, the, the regrets of what I haven't done, which are, are, those are our number one deathbed regrets. How do I feel about that? And, and, and most of all, did I put off happiness? Did I put it off just to grind through the day, hoping that at some point I've got enough time and money to be happy for a little while, while I can, while I'm still living, while I'm still capable, while I'm still physically and cognitively aware. The goal is to be enjoying the drive no matter what. The destination, the achievement, you can almost call it icing on the cake. I really feel more and more like we should call it icing on the cake because there's so often when we don't achieve it or maybe just as much or more, depending on who you are and how you tick, you may be somebody who just goes after and nails destination after destination and achievement and achievement and achievement. Are those things providing you happiness? Are they providing you joy and fulfillment? What I find is most of all, what provides that for people is a day to day to day of driving and just enjoying the day. That was in my first series with Arthur Brooks. I believe it was early 2023. Part three, my guest to come on and talk about my discussion with Arthur Brooks was Robert Waldinger. His book is The Good Life. If you look up Robert Waldinger, TED Talk, I don't know, 50 million views now. And I think that's just on YouTube. Ted X has another 20 million or something. Last time I had, when I had him on that show and I asked about achievements, he said, I am more interested in enjoying the path that I'm on than the achievement at the end. Admittedly has achievements, has things he wants to go after, has achievements that expire him, get him out of bed excited in the morning. And yet he wants to make sure that regardless though, he enjoyed today being with my dad in this surprise end of life diagnosis has us all focused on that, that it is arrogant to expect that I am going to be here another week, another month, another year. I don't know when I could get that diagnosis at any point. I'm doing a lot in hopes that I won't, but I could. Am I enjoying the day? Am I making investments in this day, this week, this month? I want to hold those achievements and those destinations that I'm going forward. I want to hold them as important. They are important. I think they're important, but I want to hold them lightly as well. I want to hold them lightly. So if you're not enjoying the daily drive right now, why? I'd ask you to be courageous and put that out there with no judgment. As Tom Ziegler, my buddy, would say, to have the highest standards and the deepest grace. We usually miss the deepest grace. So if you're not enjoying the drive, you're in good company, unfortunately, or you're just in human company. There's all times. There's, there's times for all of us. You know, I would say that too, just like happiness. Do I know somebody who enjoys every minute of every day of their life? I've not met them yet. And if they claim that they do, I don't believe them. 
or I think that they're a little mentally off, maybe a lot mentally off. Uh, but overall, overall in your days, in your weeks, are you enjoying the drive? If you're not, be courageous and state it. Put it out there. Now you know what you can be working on. I would say consider what you're attached to. Consider what you're attached to. I have to have X to be happy. If I don't have X, I struggle to be happy. Those are the danger signs. Doesn't mean they're not important or worthy or valuable or valiant, uh, but they can't be in control of you and your happiness. You are. Uh, Folks, that's this series on happierness. As Arthur Brooks says, we can't be happy all the time. We can all be happier on average. And that is what we're looking at. I do want you as happy as possible, just like you want me as happy as possible, because the more we are in a positive, hopeful, joyful, faithful, peaceful, fulfilled state, the more we have to offer others. And I want all you've got to offer because I'm selfish and I want that from you. And I think you want it from me as well. Well, friends, thanks for tuning in to this series on happierness. Again, thanks to Arthur Brooks, our guest on the show. I would say thank you to Oprah Winfrey. She is a big part of the book and the co-author with, uh, with a co-author with Arthur, uh, and thank them for the book that they put together, build the life you want the art and science of getting happier. And if you didn't hear that story, just real quick, the way that that came together is Oprah started reading Arthur's uh, content, his column in the Atlantic during COVID. And she was, so, which is called build a life you want. And she was so enamored with that. She met him. And out of that came this book. Uh, Arthur is the main author, but then Oprah has these vignettes amongst that. And then they're both promoting it t- together. So thank them both for the book and for what they're doing. You can find that book, Build the Life You Want, anywhere. Thank you to my brother, Jared Angaza, who has a wonderful life pursuing things that matter. That's why we resonate so much, aside from sharing blood and parents and and, and whatnot and experiences. But thank him for helping round out and bring some really good things to light on this series in episode three. If you appreciate the podcast, as always, would love to get your rating on Spotify and rating and review on Apple and uh, be happy to have you join us on YouTube at kevinmiller.co where you can watch these full episodes. You can find me at kevinmiller.co also on all the social media. We've got a lot of clips that we put out, just highlights from all these shows. If you want to learn to master your own inner drive and help yourself find more happiness, check out my book, What Drives You on Amazon. And until next time, friends, stay driven. Yeah. 